You are tired of average. You want more out of life. You know you're capable of something greater. This show will help you become resilient in your home, at work, and in your community. Welcome to the Resilient Humans Podcast with your host, Kevin Wood. Welcome back to the Resilient Humans Podcast. Good morning, everyone. I just got to start by saying I apologize for our lack of consistency here. We're uh, a little behind schedule, but we're hoping to make up a, a few extra podcasts recording soon. So every Monday, you can expect to have a, a recording. So there, I put it out there. It has to happen. There's your accountability. Because I, I, sh- I am a man of integrity, and so I have to hold myself to those uh, standards. Well, I think that's what we all appreciate about you, Mr. Wood. <laughs> there we go. Uh, cool. So welcome back, Ingrid. Hi, thanks. Have you been? I've been all right. You just celebrated a birthday. I did. It's been a nice week. Celebrated a few things, turned another year older, got a little recognition at the gym for my um, last three years of coaching. Thank you very much. Three years? Three years. Where did the time go? It's, uh, do you remember what uh, started the whole idea of coaching? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't actually. It was driving to Boston. Oh, yeah. We were going down for a Spartan event. Right. My first a f- Spartan. A few Spartan my events first, Yes, a few. You did two of them, though, didn't you? Yep. You ended up signing up for one afterwards. The, yeah, you talked me into it. The hurricane heat. Yeah. 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 Never spent six hours crawling around the mud, having more fun in my life. <laughs> there wasn't so much mud <laughs> as it was rocks. <laughs> That's true. God. Gross. A rock road. Our knees and hands were so bad. Anyway, yeah, it was that, that trip down where you were talking about like... Um, you know, I'd like to help out at the gym and, and, you know. And I was experiencing dissatisfaction at my current, in my current employment, uh, employment at the time. Yeah, you you brought it up to me and then I gave you a long dead stare because I don't think I had ever really. I was like, hey, you should you should do coaching. And you're like, nah. Nah, I can't do that. Anyway, <laughs> we, we proved that wrong. Well. <laughs> Countless times. Once a teacher, always a teacher, I guess. It's true. Just a different sort of environment. We definitely say that those that those that are good coaches have to be good people. Like we 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 have a very I don't want to say it's loose or rigid. It's just kind of a set way. But we hire here based on character traits, and those character traits are you have to be humble, hungry, and people smart. And generally, teachers have those things. You need to be those things to be a teacher. Otherwise, you're probably not going to last in the in the field or the profession. So mm. uh, you, you definitely check the boxes. So, Thanks, pal. All right. Now that I'm done giving you accolades, let's get into, this, know, uh, right? into this session. Um, so we have today's podcast is about the what I believe to be the top three reasons why diets fail. And if you're listening to this, you might raise your hand or nod in agreement. Who out there has started a diet and then fell off at some point? Everybody. We've <laughs> almost everybody's done that. Um, I believe these are the the top three reasons why that's the case. Um, and there, don't get me wrong. There's probably more than these three, and I know that. These are the ones that I've noticed over my, you know, 14 years of of coaching people. Um, the ones that kind of consistently come up most often. So we'll dive right in. The first one 
and we've kind of talked about this before, but we try to change everything all at once. So we call it, or I call it the overhaul diet or the overhaul mentality where when people want to make a change, you know, let's back up for a quick second. First off, somebody has to decide that they want to change. And once that decision is made, then all the things start moving in the direction of change. I mean, everything people want to overhaul, not just their nutrition, but also their fitness, their mind. They want to do it all, all at once. And that can be not just risky, but also kind of dangerous in a way, right? If you're going from doing nothing to doing everything all at once, you're going to come into some type of burnout at some point, And it's just going to be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Is this something that you've noticed with some of your uh, clients as well? Yes. And that's actually the word that I jotted down, overwhelm. Um, it can be, a, you know, once decisions have been made and once, you know, you've decided to make a change in your life, it can be, you know, one thing can follow another thing very, very quickly. You start to, you know, you might join a fitness program. And then once you've joined your fitness program, you start to think, how can I eat better? And and that's natural and, and wonderful. And we fully encourage those, those types of, of feelings and ideas. Um, but I do find, especially with uh, brand new nutrition clients, there's a long list of things that they want to change. So in order to prevent overwhelm, I think it's um, a good idea to just focus on one, one or two at a time and establish some things and then sort of layer on yeah. uh, the rest. And that's what our, I've described our collaborative wellness program as almost like building blocks. You don't go with like... So if you look at a a Lego set, you don't go right to the last page and then put it all together all at once. (laughs) You have to start on page one. You do. And put this block with this block. And then you flip it over and go to page two and you add another block. That's how we think and we believe to be successful is how we develop a proper nutrition program is one building block at a time. If you throw them all in together and just start you know, basically just making whatever you want, it's not going to come out looking like much. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. So the building block system is kind of the idea here. And, and I get it. If you type in, just go into Google, type in nutrition or good nutrition or nutrition diets or whatever, you're going to get millions of results. If you go to chapters and you look in the book, book store, uh, the, uh, diet or food aisle for, for nutrition and diets. There's thousands of books there. There's a reason for that. One is they're trying to sell you something, right? Which, which makes sense. But a lot of those things can create a lot of overwhelm. Well, which one's right for me? Which one should I do? Well, I'm going to try this one and we're going to dive into this. It's kind of reason number three, but, um, you're really just trying to overhaul everything and it ends up leading to Nothing, right? Nothing ends up getting changed for the long run. That's right. And so... People end up trying to weed through so much information that you can even be overwhelmed before you even start to make any changes because it's hard to pick out what those things are if you have no guidance. Paralysis by analysis. (sighs) You you dig in. I've I've had had one client in particular that I have in mind that... She read every book, every blog article, every website, no matter what. She she knows it all, but 
has not made that first step to actually make a change. Right. So it's, again, that paralysis by analysis. What I recommend to help with that is to find a coach, whether it's nutritionist, dietitian, what have you, even an accountability buddy possibly. But as, a, as my job as a, a nutrition coach is to identify the client's main limiting factor and then address it using micro habits from there. Instead of saying, well, here's 10 things that are wrong with your diet, and I don't like using words right or wrong, but that's the, the vernacular that our clients use when they come in. These are all the things that are wrong with my diet. Okay, but all those 10 things, which one are we going to identify and work on first? We're not going to change all 10 yet. We're going to start with one and then pick away at it. Once that becomes a habit, and it could be, it could be drinking water or taking fish oil pills or it doesn't matter what it is really, but we're going to help identify what is that limiting factor and then start hammering it out day by day, week by week until it becomes a consistent habit. And then we move on to the next thing. Okay. What's the next limiting factor and then keep pounding them out until you're off to the races. You've developed so many good habits over the course of not just weeks, but months or possibly years that this is just who you are. And I have somebody in mind, uh, she's probably, she'll listen to this. It's Christine. (laughs) And uh, she's just like, I don't have to think about it anymore. It's just part of who I am. And I'm like, that's the point. And she mentioned this the other day. Um, She's talked to her friends about the coaching that she's receiving. And she goes, you know, of the, over the year that I've been working with Kevin, we've only ever talked about food, like for 30 minutes total. I was like, that's right, because it's not about food. It's about all the habits that lead up to it. So, But if we tried to change everything all at once, there wouldn't have been much success in the long run. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Cool. Number two. Oh, by the way, Christine, oh. if you're listening, I hope you're having an awesome day. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do inside jokes on this. <laughs> yes, you can. All right. I hope uh, everyone has an awesome day. Number two. Um, we often... Uh, compare ourselves to others that's hard and true especially with uh the barrage of things that you see immediately when you open your phone in the morning or whenever you look at your social media uh it's it's it can be really intense uh to see what other people are doing or to see what other people are achieving or even what people look like you know and i hate to focus on looks and things like that but um i'm sure people out there know what i'm talking about um yeah it's it's it can be it can be a difficult challenge to focus on your own self and your own particular needs and your own particular timeline when there's so much out there telling you to rush it, rush it along you you are not anybody else's body. You don't even have their, the same mind as anybody else. And yeah, you brought up a good point. It's not just uh, in person, like comparing yourself to somebody that you see, like a, a gym buddy or anything, but it's also the that online factor too. We get berated with that. All you see is, you know, abs and abs and <laughs> a lot of butts. A lot of butts. Yeah. Yeah. And you get to this idea that you can almost whatever they're doing, I, I could be doing too. Or even I should be doing, which is bad too. Yeah. Well, worse. Did we, we, t- we just talked about that, about movie stars. Did we, was it, I think it was maybe mm. you and somebody else were talking about it, but um, how when you see a movie star and they're totally shredded, 
it's not them. They have a whole team behind them. Right. All their meals are prepared. All their, they're just training constantly. Like Blake, we talked about it with Blake. That's right. Mm -hmm. It's just, that's their job. That's what they're doing. We don't, I don't have that luxury. You don't have that luxury. Most of the people we work with don't have that luxury. We all have kids and responsibilities and work and family stuff to take care of. We just can't have food delivered to us in front of our, you know, in front of us every day and working out constantly. It's, it's not realistic. So trying to compare yourself and say, well, I want to look like that. You have a lot of sacrificing to do if that's the case. I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying you have to really consider, do you have the time and means necessary in order to accomplish that? And how important is it to you to look like someone else? Really? Just, I don't know. There's the whole, we go down a rabbit hole here, but about the body positivity Sure. I I think you should love yourself regardless of your shape, size, ability, no matter what. But we should all strive to be a better version of ourselves. And that includes tidying up our nutrition. We know you if I put two plates of food in front of you, one was, you know, garden greens with, you know, tons of veggies in it. And there was a, a, a grilled chicken beside it. And that was one plate. And the other plate was a poutine with extra fries and gravy. You know which one's better. You know it. You just know it. And it's not saying that food is good or bad. Food is kind of on a spectrum of better to worse. And I just heard this from a, a, one of my buddies, Derek. Um, he talked about foods as uh, everyday foods, sometimes foods, and once in a while foods. I really like that. And that's not saying that you should never eat foods at, at any point, like ice cream. I think mm-hmm. the example he gave was ice cream. Mm-hmm. If you enjoy ice cream, that's not an everyday food. It should be an every once in a while food. It's not saying eliminate it. Right. You should never eliminate anything that you enjoy in your life. Mm-hmm. But it's how often. It's that consistency, right? Right. So anyway, thinking I think about that birthday cake that's left over in my fridge right now. <laughs> that's that's a once in a little <laughs> once a year kind of thing, right? right? So anyway, that's we're kind of getting a little off track, but when we when we compare ourselves to others, we're doing ourselves a disservice because again, we're not them. And oftentimes people have I've noticed this with people that do uh, our in-body scans here. They have they usually underestimate what other people are and then they overestimate what they are Mm. in their heads before the results happen so one person in particular said oh i want to look like that person i want to have their their percent body fat and i go do you want to know what it is and i told her and she goes no i never thought that it's like yeah it's like that's the that's the misconception that we have in our heads we're you see other people, but you don't, you don't really know. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and then they, like I said, they often overestimate their own and it's, it's usually less. So. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to compare yourself to others. Um, but I really like what you said about loving yourself, no matter what shape, size, ability you have. But you know, it's important to note that if you're truly are going to treat yourself like a person that you love, that you should have the wherewithal to, sort of recognize when you can make changes yeah fuel your body as if you loved it 
it's pretty it's pretty good stuff but you have to start with the love part yeah right yeah um comparing yourself to others also adds a, another little layer to it and that's kind of the aspect of impatience and we see people where they are or other people where they are and we want to get to that now and that's not how they got to where they are that's not how I got to where I am it took you know I've been doing CrossFit now for 16 years and I started doing a the zone diet for I don't know how long it was a year and a half or so but that set up my progress that I that I have today like I have concepts and principles that I live by when I eat and when I train. And that's been developed over the last 14 plus years to, to get to this point. It's not going to happen overnight. We had a few people just join in, uh, join our gym with a, a nine week transformation program. And I let them know, it's like, this isn't just a nine week quick fix. Like this is just the stepping stone to the next aspect. And so it's really just getting the ball rolling and then knowing that it's going to continue rolling afterwards. You can't just stop. And so we're again with these clients, we're starting out with very small habits, very small things and changing one at a time. And once those become consistent routine, we either make that habit harder or we start adding another one. So I love I, it. Patience, patience, it's like folks. The, the dial that you talk about turning it up. Yeah. Talk about that for a sec. Okay, well, I was actually going to talk about it when we talk about changing all the things at once. So we can we can sort of put that on either one. But whether you're concentrating or thinking about all the things you want to change or whether you're feeling impatient, you know, when you're looking at your goals and how long it's going to take, um, there's there's a dial factor. So how you can turn it all the way down, which means you're doing nothing. You can turn it all the way up, which means you're expecting to do all of the things. And we find that somewhere in the middle is definitely a happy place to be. And when you've established a nice good habit and it's comfortable and it's part of your life and you're rolling along, then you have a choice. You can turn it up a little bit, turn up the dial, dial that one habit in a little bit more sort of more useful or better for you or you can think about turning up the dial as layering on something new because you've um, accomplished one particular habit and you're ready for the next thing so no matter how impatient you feel um, I would recommend you know gauging by your readiness to add things I find that really goes well with the, the last one that we're going to talk about and that's having these dietary rules that are too rigid when there's no leeway. And that, that kind of goes back to that, the putting foods into the good or bad bucket. Mm. It's very rigid and it's more loose, more forgiving, more loving when you say it's more on like a dial or a spectrum. Mm-hmm. So if or that's sometimes food occasionally and then the everyday type of food i like how there was a no never foods There's no nevers right and that's that's People those hard like rigid rules mm-hmm. it's just like when you're when you're being confronted you generally push back and that's what happens with these diets that have all these rigid rules in it and it, it comes to mind it's not a, a necessarily a nutrition um, challenge, but there's the 75 day hard, uh, challenge that's kind of out there. I know a few people that have done it. Um, but it's, there's a few very rigid rules. 
Pick a diet and stick to it. No cheating, no alcohol. Read 10 pages of nonfiction a day. Drink a gallon of water. Take a progress picture and do two 45-minute workouts, and one of them has to be outside every Every single single day day for 75 days straight. If you miss one of those things, you start over. You fail. I don't like to use that word, but... Right. Well, that's what it is. You start over at, at day one again. There's a very small percentage of the population that would find success with that. The majority of the population that would absolutely demotivate because you, let's say you get to day 58 and you forgot to take a progress picture or you you had that donut. Boom. Day one sucks. (laughs) Yeah. How deflating is that? Especially when you've put in so much work and you obviously have so much to be, you know, uh, grateful for and thankful for and be proud of. And then to just be kind of knocked back like that. I don't know. So what I, what we like to do here is give tools over rules. So we, we prefer to give people options and, you know, things that they can work with. It's not so much for the next two weeks, you have to hit this thing every single day. I mean, would it be, would it be great? Sure. But we're, we're aiming for that kind of like 80% consistency with all of our habits. So if you hit 80% of any habit, let's say it's um, drinking drinking a gallon of water, you do that 80% of the time, man, you're, you're off to the races and you're gonna see great success. If you miss a day, it's not the end of the world. I like using the analogy as well. If you're driving out in your car and you get a flat tire, you go, ah, screw it, and pop the other three, <laughs> you don't do that, right? It's one tire, you fix it, you then move on. That's the same with any kind of slip up that you have. Mm-hmm. Let's say you do have a slip and you had that donut or whatever because it was the special one with sprinkles. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. You don't have to then ruin the rest of your day, week, month because of that one. I don't even like calling it a slip. You had a moment of enjoyment. Sure. And that's okay. We need those. Food is a social thing. All of our, our lives are built around it. And so if you put in so many of these rigid rules around food, your life is going to suffer as a result. Yeah. People tend to be really also very hard on themselves looking back. You know, oh, we've seen it lo- <laughs> loads of times. Oh, you know, yesterday was terrible. I ate all the fast food and I had the donuts and I, you know, or even, you know, this morning, this morning went bad. So the rest of the day is bad. Well, you know what? No, it's not because that stuff already happened and there's a ton of stuff that hasn't happened yet. So you can always start from this moment on making a little bit of a better choice. But um, looking back guilt is is. Okay, so let's, let's do a little role play here. So say okay. say that you ate really bad yesterday and what you uh, had. I Okay. <laughs> I did eat really... Actually, no, I ate okay yesterday, but I ate too much of that leftover birthday cake. Definitely. Okay. And it's still in the fridge calling my name today. All right. I want you to go back to yesterday and, and make sure that doesn't happen again. Like get rid of it. No. Can, you, can you do that? No. It happened. Yeah. You cannot change the past. No. You can only focus on what is directly in front of you, mm-hmm. what's your next meal going to be? Uh, not birthday cake. <laughs> <laughs> Probably some uh, 
oh, I don't even know what it's going to be. Probably eggs and fruits and vegetables when I get home. Perfect. Yeah. And so that's the question. We It's not what did you do yesterday or in the past? It's what are you going to do next? Yeah. And when you ask yourself that question, it gives you direction. It yeah. gives you um, a task or some, something to actually go and do and change and mm-hmm. something to be different than, than yesterday. Yeah. You can't change the past. Don't, you can't, if you focus on it, you can't spend any time and effort looking at, looking ahead, looking what's next. Yeah. So yeah, don't look back cause you're not going that way. Right. You can't live your life looking in the rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. It's okay to glance back once in a while, but uh, you have to always be looking forward. Those are our top three. I love it. I know it's a kind of a shorter episode, but we're kind of down to the point here. So just a quick recap, top three reasons why we feel diets fail. One, you try to change everything all at once. Uh, two, comparing yourself to others, which leads to a lot of impatience. And three, rules are just too rigid. It's a matter of just coming in. It's life. You got to live life. That's us. <laughs> That's what it boils down to. Don't restrict yourself so much that you start hating being around people and, and, and socializing. It's part of life. We need that. That's a bucket that you need to fill. So, Yeah. Always keep your mental health in check as well. It's hard to make good decisions when you're not getting some of those other things. Absolutely. All right, guys. Again, thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for uh, telling others about this, uh, this podcast. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest episodes, be sure to subscribe and I'll see you next time.